This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life. Only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I've got Dirk Van Reenen with me. What's up, Dirk? How you doing, man? Brett, how are you? Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, it's great to be with you. And, uh, you know, you come to us from now, it's been a 20-something years ago, but from South Africa, now you're in Texas. You uh, are the author of uh, Tribe of Millionaires. You uh, are part of Go Abundance, all this stuff. What's cooking in your world today, Dirk? Um, well, right now, like you said, we're, we're getting just kind of done with, uh, you know, launching uh, a book called Tribe of Millionaires, and it's for a, a group called Go Abundance, and, and I think we'll dive in a little bit conversation around that, but um, the majority of what we do day in and day out is work with uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, and CEOs, and really just add to their overall experience in their life and their success. Yeah, I look forward to diving into that a little bit later, but first, as I do with every show, Dirk is kind of... What's made you the man you are today? You don't just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to write a book called Tribe of Millionaires. There's a, there's a road you have traveled, and I'm sure there's some stories in there that our listeners can learn from. So why don't you share a little bit with us if you can? Yeah, so I think um, business is something that I've always been fascinated by since I was, I was a kid. So, you know, growing up, I always wanted to be a business person, a businessman. Um, coming from South Africa and immigrating at a, at a young age, I was 14 years old, um, you know, for us, like financially, that was a really difficult uh, move. So from the time I was 14 years old, I mean, by the time we got here and got settled, essentially, we didn't really have anything. I mean, essentially, we were, you know, completely broke and started over as a family. So I think initially, it was just like really learning what hard work looks like. And I mean, I grew up in a farming community in Texas. Uh, so really, it was farming and ranching after school and in the summers and things like that. So really right. built a strong work ethic. Um, later on, after university, I got into uh, buying a business and started down that uh, trail. But I think in a, in a big part of it, it's just been these like building blocks of new levels of awareness and understanding about what really creates success. And I've been really blessed to be surrounded by amazing people on my journey that have, that have added so much uh, to my level of success and what we're able to do today. Um, but, but a lot of things, I mean, it, when people say what what's made you is probably because I've made just more mistakes and especially like in my twenties than most people make in, you know, 20 or 30 or 40 years of life. Right. So, I mean, it, it really is uh, a big part was like uh, just going out and making a lot of mistakes and then starting to learn from success models and, and learning that I don't have to reconfigure everything that I do or make every mistake. I can actually learn from people that have succeeded before me. How much do you think you studied success? I mean, from a reading books and nowadays listen to podcasts, but when you and I were kids, you know, we didn't have podcasts, obviously, but what do you think you've done to, to learn and study people? Um, so when it, learning and studying people really deep. So I've been probably on about a seven or eight year journey of 
studying leadership and more than that, human behavior and human systems. Yep. So that's one of the things that I have a fascination with. And um, for me and in, in my business, Bergflow, that's kind of what we specialize in is, is human systems and human uh, uh, collaboration and performance within the workplace, right? And we, we say like, hey, we build high performance teams, but a big part of that, you know, leadership is just interwoven into all of that. And, uh, you know, the, the model of leadership that I grew up with is so different than the model of leadership that I subscribe to today. And so that's been a big transformation for me because, I mean, my, my view of leadership growing up is truly that kind of more traditional type, like 60s, 70s, like top-down heavy leadership right. and tell people what to do. So that, that was kind of my blueprint for a leader. And, you know, unfortunately, I mean, I, I made a lot of mistakes with that kind of leadership. And it got to the point where, I mean, I really just got beat down so badly running that model that, I mean, all my ego and my pride, like, literally got beat out of me. And then – yeah, I started kind of awakening on a new journey. I was just saying like, wow, like what if everything is different than the way that I thought it was growing up? And like I said, I've been on that journey now for about seven, eight years. and It's been an amazing transformation. Yeah, and I think it's tough too, don't you think, that to think completely different than the way you grew up? I mean, I know we all, I heard it years ago, we have gifts and wounds from where we grew up and, and what we did. And, and uh, I think it's so true, but it's, it's very, very hard to think differently than the way we grew up. Would you agree with that? 100%. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, the way that we think it's, uh, you know, I tell people that we're programmed from the time that we're in our mother's womb. Right. So from that time, uh, the way that our, our mother feels, the way the environment is, the, the, the sounds, the foods we, you know, our mother eats like from that time from a baby in a womb, we're being programmed. And the whole time we're growing up, we form this blueprint of what life is, who we are and how we fit into life. So essentially when there's core beliefs that we formed and then start those core beliefs are being challenged, it's extremely difficult because we have to do one of two things. We either have to hold on to what we believe and kind of stake our, our, our claim there. Yep. Or we have to let go of something and say, what if everything is different than what I knew? And then you have to go on a journey of saying like, maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't have all the right answers. Maybe, you know, I don't have this thing figured out and I have to become a student again and start over and just say like, I don't have this thing figured out. So I think going on that journey is, is an amazing gift, right? Because I think so many people don't ever get to the place where they're forced to go on that journey. And I mean, I'm, I think I'm fortunate that, you know, in my late twenties, you know, going to my early thirties, like I literally, I'm, I went through a heavy business failure that put me massively in high levels of debt. And I mean, it was, extremely hard for my family and I to work through that. But I mean, the, the gift and all that was it completely changed my paradigm of success and, you know, the way that I operate today. So how, what did you learn during that? So let's spend some time on there because I think so many times on social media or uh, just on, on podcasts, we want to talk about all the successes, right? And I'm actually, I just told somebody today, I think I'm going to start a, uh, some social media posts of all the bad stuff we have to deal with, right? And just do the complete opposite of what everybody else does and, like this morning, I woke up to a flat tire. Like, you don't put that on social media, but, you know, it put me behind about 30 minutes behind where I was supposed to be for my meeting. So I'm running around crazy all day. But what did you learn from those failures um, that you can share with our listeners? Because maybe there's somebody right now that's up to debt to their eyeballs and they need help. Yeah, so I think that the first thing that I learned is um, I think I could attribute several things to why my business failed. I was in the ski and snowboard industry. And, um, so obviously it's, it's more of a luxury type sport. So 2007 and eight hits and people aren't going on vacation a lot. Plus there was yep. a drop during that time. Right. So 
I think the first thing that I, that I really learned was that for several years, it was probably four or five years, I held on to this thought that it wasn't my fault that my business failed. It was my business failed because the economy tanked. My business failed because we had a drought in the United States. And when there's not snow, people aren't going skiing, right? Um, and it wasn't until I really, my first lesson was that I had to take full responsibility, full ownership. My business failed because of the, the decisions I made or did not make or the actions I took or did not take, right? So that's number one. And, that, and I learned like that is the foundation of success. If we can't take full responsibility for who we are and where we are in life and our relationships and our business and our finances, I mean, in every area, we don't actually have any power to move anything forward, right? Um, I think the, the second thing I learned was that, um, you know, after a failure, and, and, and I was lucky, my dad sat me down probably about uh, – six weeks or so after my business failed. And he just said, look, um, you, you just got your teeth kicked in pretty good. But he said, I, I want you to know that you're going to have to give it another go. Hmm. And it may not be right away, but at some point you're going to have to engage again and don't give up on your dream of being an entrepreneur or a business owner. So uh, after that, I worked for another company for about uh, two and a half years before I launched my next business. Um, but I just always remember that it's like, look, if you do have a failure, just be committed to getting back in the game and getting back in the game as fast as you can. You may need some time to kind of reset or like win financially, but get back in the game. Because I think a lot of people, they think that if they have a failure that they've ultimately failed in life. And one thing that took a lot of pressure off of me was just this realization that, look, if, if I don't ever give up, I'll never ultimately fail. Even if I have failures along the way, I won't ultimately fail. And for me, that took so much pressure off just to say, look, if I can stay in the game and keep it re-engaging, like that's what I need to do, right? And so I walked that out. And I mean, from that point forward, I think I'd really started understanding. It was probably about 2012 that my life was transformed when I went through a class um, called Recruit Select. And it was the first time that I actually saw a pathway of how to link up where I was to my vision and realize that the only way I get there is to succeed, succeed with and through other people, mm. right? That if I could truly help enough other people win and get clear about what they want and empower them to win, win within my world, like that is the pathway. Right. Because for, I think we, we hear this, this saying that like, look, if you can help enough other people win, you can get whatever you want. Right. I mean, well, I, I thought that, yeah. yeah. I thought that was a lie, right? Growing up. Cause I mean, I was in such a, from immigrating from South Africa and having my business fail I was in such a place of survival that the only thing I could think about was like surviving. Yeah. And as that started changing and I started realizing that, wow, if I can help other people win, like that's the pathway. And that's where a new just thought study around people and teams and, you know, uh, building great uh, human systems and organizations kind of got birthed. And that's, that's what's transformed my life from there. Yeah. That's great. I appreciate that. And I think one thing I, I heard in there too, that um, I don't want to gloss over is the conversation you have with your dad right? I mean, that support system coming from, especially, I don't know your relationship with your father, but coming from your father to say, look, you failed, you got kicked in the teeth really bad, but get back up, dust yourself off and keep going, right? We all need that. Hence your tribe of millionaires, but your, your tribe of your parents or your tribe of your spouse, your tribe of your friends, right? That's a big deal to have that support system, isn't it? It is everything. And that's what I've learned. Um, you know, luckily I did have my father there at that time to give me that piece of advice, but I also had other family members at the same time that were saying things that like, Hey, um, as a young man, you, you have a lot of dreams, but I can tell you, as you get older, you, you're probably going to let go of those dreams. Right. So like the exact opposite kind of 
information, right? So you, you learn really quickly during an experience like that, truly who are your friends and who are your supporters, right? Because right. it's kind of the old adage of like, look, if everything's going great in your life, you probably have a lot of friends. But when you get kicked in the teeth and you're laying in the gutter, like that's when you're going to find out who your true supporters are. Yep. I think um, that was a valuable experience because for the first time I really started like understanding like, hey, there are some champions in my life that really do care about me at a deep level. And, you know, that carrying forward to where now, you know, uh, being the CEO of GoBundance and, you know, getting done with like writing the book. Um, and, and just to clarify, like I'm, I wasn't actually one of the authors on the book. Um, but I work, I'm the CEO of GoBundance. And so I work closely with like the authors of the book and, um, you know, did the book launch for them, but just understanding like this message and how important that is and really getting people to understand that their environment, the people that they spend time with matter more on success than maybe anything else. Right. And people say that, well, mindset matters most right and your vision matters most but look your mindset and your vision is so influenced by your environment and your environment's influenced by the people in your environment so right. absolutely it's it's such a pivotal part of it yeah no i definitely agree with that where they say you are the uh, basically the five people you surround yourself with i mean that's uh, uh and i don't think you go out and say well i want to surround myself with that 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 you know those five people because they're successful i mean i think it just happens right and it you attract. It's a law of attraction. I believe in that. Talk to us and, and to our listeners about, and, and if you don't mind sharing, and maybe you haven't done much, but I, I believe you probably have. How much have you invested in yourself financially uh, over the last, say, 12 to 24 months? Um, I mean, this year, my investment into my self-education, coaching, conferences, um, inner circle type experiences, um, I'm probably going to spend about 60000 Okay. So we'll stop right there. So $60,000, right? That you're going to, so some people may be listening to this and be like, this dirt guy's a, you know, this guy's crazy, right? He's spending 60 grand on himself, but how important has that been in the last 10 and 15 years? Even when you were using your words up to dead up to your eyeballs or broke, we had to start believing in ourselves and investing in ourselves. Didn't you? Yeah. And I mean, for me, it looked different then, right? So I'd say 2013 was the first year that I actively really started investing in myself, right? So that's the first year I hired a coach. I spent 12 grand that year on a coach, uh, probably like another maybe $5,000 on um, conferences, things like that. So say like the first year I really got purposeful, I invested 17,000 and has been progressing up from that since then. And for me, again, I love that you said it's, it's an investment. Right. So it's got, it's got very little to do with the amount that I'm spending versus like, Hey, what am I getting back for spending that amount? Right. And, and one thing I actually had this call uh, with some of our inner circle, um, you know, consulting clients this morning, I said, look, there's, there's two things that I need to look at to understand if you're investing in yourself and you're investing in your team, right? I need to look at your calendar and your bank account. And that'll tell me exactly what your priorities are and how are you investing into yourself and then how are you investing into your team, right? Because a, a big part of what we do in, in Berkflow is we scale service-based organizations. And what we tell people is like, look, you can do a lot of things right, but if you don't pour into your team at the, at the highest level, if you don't invest in your people at the highest level, you, there's a ceiling of achievement you can't break through, right? And it maybe at a million dollars a year, maybe at two million, three million, but you're, you're not going to five and 10 million or 25 million a year in revenue without investing into yourself at a really high level as a leader and a CEO and investing into your people, your key leaders in your organization at a really high level. So 
um, that is massively important. And then again, um, whether it is like things like being in a mastermind group, like that's something that it's probably been only like four years ago that I actually joined my first mastermind group. Right. So I was always like, Oh, that's, you know, it's, it's just kind of a, an extension of like a college frat party or something like that. But when I got into these environments and I realized that, man, it's, it's so much about like genuine connection and contribution and sharing and helping each other and having the, the authentic conversations that are not being had in, in everyday life. Yep. Um, it's transformative. And the connections that I've made in those kind of groups have added so much abundance to my life as far as, uh, my health, my vitality, my relationships with my wife and my kids, uh, my net worth, you know, my business opportunities, like everything, my travel adventure. I mean, everything has been transformed because I've started hanging out with different people that think different ways. Right. And it's huge, and it, but it is not easy to go out and spend $12,000 in 2013. I remember I hired my first coach and it was around the same price, like 12 grand, 15 grand, something like that back in 08, I think it was. And you know, that's a, that's a lot of money, but it was one of those things that like, I got so much back in return to your point that it's, it just continues day after day or year after year, I should say of, of being a great investment. So, so congratulations to you on that. So, um, talk to us about this mastermind or talk to us about go abundance, you know, grab life big. That's kind of your guys' tag phrase, right? Is talk to us about that. And I, I can't remember if this is before we started recording or early on the recording, I talked about my mastermind group or what I call my executive forum, right? So tomorrow, got six guys coming. We all run companies. We're all going to share ideas from HR to family to all sorts of stuff. It is a big deal for us to get together and carve out two hours a month together. We learn a lot about each other and, and help each other's businesses and our family lives. So talk to us about GoBundance. Yeah, so uh, I think GoBundance uh, started very organically with, with three different guys. It was David Osborne, Pat Hyben, and Mike McCarthy, or Tim Rode at least. And these three guys um, originally, and I mean, this was back in like the early 90s, they actually met at a conference, uh, David and, and Pat did, and just kind of hit it off on connection and said, hey, what if we actually hold each other accountable? Because they said, hey, a lot of people go to conferences and they kind of get the training, but what if we just held each other accountable? So they, right. and, and this is, probably in your mastermind group, a big part of what you guys do is like when you talk about things like holding each other accountable. So they started that, um, started doing that for a couple of years, started having higher level success, met Tim Rode at a conference, added him in and they're called kind of like the three amigos. And they kept just doing that for a while. They kept, uh, they started doing like, uh, some trips together. They'd go backpacking or hiking or doing a great trip. Um, later on, they added Mike McCarthy and now there's four guys. And then they said, Hey, let's do like an international trip. And I think the first trip they did was the hike Kilimanjaro in, in Africa, right? But in 2014, they kind of came together and said, what if we actually create something more significant around this? And what if we can help other entrepreneurs? Because one thing that they found, and, I, and this is 100% that I found in my own life as well, and then also in the lives of other entrepreneurs, CEOs, business people, yeah. and, and I'm sure you can re relate to this, Brett, is that as you start having more success, um, things start changing. And a lot of times people think that, oh, just a lot more success means like way more connection and openness and relationships and fun, where if it's not done correctly, it actually means isolation. And all of a sudden you can't have the regular conversations with the people that, you know, you used to just have conversations with. Like the things that the challenges you have are like at a level that most other people can't really relate to. 
the wins that you have could be at a level that other people can't really relate to, right? So, you know, somebody says, hey, I got a pay raise and, I, you know, I'm getting paid, you know, $10,000 more a year. And you're like, oh, man, I just closed a $10 million deal. Like, I can't talk about that because right. this person's going to, like, you know, it's going to invalidate them, right? So what happens is, and, and people kind of relate, they become like a lone wolf, right? Where it's kind of like you feel like it's you against the world and kind of like isolation. And what these guys realize is that, look, we need to create an environment for people like that, for men like that to come together, right? So they created Go Abundance. They, they start off with six pillars. and said, look, here's what we want to focus on. Age-defying health, right? Because they found like a lot of people, they give their health to their businesses. They give everything to their businesses. They start losing their health. Authentic relationships, same, same thing, right? Can I be a great CEO, a great entrepreneur, a great business person, and have an, an amazing marriage, have a great relationship with my kids, right? Have, have amazing conversations with my friends. Bucket list adventures, right? And one of the things they, these guys found is that they want to do these vacations and not just go on like vacation and kind of do like the city tour, but they want to go do some extreme stuff, whether it's like hiking a mountain or whitewater rafting or, you know, racing cars, like whatever it is. So said, hey, let's, let's kick up our level of adventure, right? The other thing is extreme accountability. And that's where what they had been practicing for so many years and that drove their lives forward in such a big way. And then genuine contribution and saying like, look, it's not just about what we can get, like how can we give back to the world? And then the last one is really focusing on horizontal income, right? Passive income. And I think like that's where so many people miss the ball too, is they, they make a lot of money, but they don't invest to build passive income. So those are the six pillars. They started in 2014. And now there's about 220 millionaire entrepreneurs in GoBundance that, you know, are the country of the world probably. Yeah, I mean, the majority in the U.S., some in Canada, a few outside of uh, North America. And then we launched a, a women's division this year as well. So 2019 uh, GoBundance Women Forum. And really just creating this amazing environment that we get, we get together on trips. We've got two big conferences a year, one in Austin, one usually in a, in a mountain town somewhere. We're going to be in Aspen in January. And then probably anywhere from 8 to 12 other smaller trips where it could be like anything from 10 to 20 guys getting together for anything from – two nights to two weeks and just doing some amazing things, learning together, masterminding, challenging each other. And then there's, you know, ongoing connection through Facebook um, and what we call GoPods, right? So kind of what you talked about your, your forum, uh, a GoPod would kind of be a form of that of saying like yeah. hey, four, four to six people that meet uh, once a week, twice a month, something like that, hold each other accountable, talk about what they're doing, you know, share the successes, encourage each other, challenge each other. Yeah. So GoBundance has really kind of became this like, you know, amazing uh, group of people we call ourselves a tribe right and just say hey how can we bring people together that are like-minded that want to achieve at the highest level and truly want to live an epic life and not apologize for it yeah well, I think those six things are great I wrote them down here so it's age-defying health authentic relationships your bucket list adventures extreme accountability genuine contribution and horizontal or passive income I mean, who doesn't want those six things, right? And I think to one of the ones I want to spend some time on is extreme accountability. We talk about this in our firm. I just had a conversation yesterday with one of our top advisors who's seeking this extreme accountability, but not everybody wants that, right? So what's that look like that you're finding the best tribe of millionaires, the best people that you surround yourself with? What, what's that accountability look like for them? That's such a great question. And, uh, you know, Brett, one of the things I find is that people have a natural adversity to accountability. Nobody but, wants it. Yeah. And I think here's the reason why is because most people at some point in their life were held accountable to what somebody else wanted. 
right? So I'm going to hold you accountable because you need to do this for me or this is what I expect of you. And they've never truly gotten to the place where they said, here's what I really want in life. And I believe here's what the pathway looks like. And I want to walk this path out. Will you hold me accountable to me walking out this path to help me get what I want? Yep. I mean, that's what accountability looks like in the first place, right? So if you have accountability wrong where like if I own a business and somebody works for me and I'm, I'm holding them accountable to help me win and make more money and it's not tied to what is their direct win if they do this, right. then I, can't, I, have, I actually haven't earned the right to hold them accountable. So the first thing is you have to get like what authentic accountability is. It's about helping somebody else walk out the path that they need to walk out to get what they want. That's the starting right. point. All right, so once you, you have that, and let's say, you know, it's, it's you, it's one-on-one, or it's, it's, it's two people, four people in a group, and they're going to hold each other accountable. Number one is they, they really need to understand what everybody wants, why it's important to them, and get their commitment that they're going to walk that out, and get their commitment that, hey, are you okay with me holding you accountable? Yep. Right? You need the buy-in, because accountability is hard enough. Like, if, if you don't do it correctly, it makes it so much harder. And after that, it's about being able to have the tough conversations because that's where um, one of the best things I ever heard, and I don't know if it's from a book called Fierce Conversations with Susan Scott or one of my mentors that shared this with me, but they said, people will hide in conversations where you're not willing to go. Hmm. Meaning that if you're having a conversation, whether it's with your spouse or your kids or somebody that works with you or your friend, they will say something and they're intuitive enough where they'll take the conversation to where they know that you'll probably naturally disengage. Right. From the conversation. They're going to go to a, a place that's safe for them and unsafe for us to go. We don't want to go there. Right. So we're just like, oh, okay, let's talk about the next thing. So authentic accountability is about willing to follow somebody all the way down the trail. As far as they go, if they're trying to take it somewhere and hide from it, you got to, you got to trace them down and follow it. And you got to do it in a way that's not judgmental. Yeah. Because if somebody says, if somebody fails in accountability, it's not because they're a bad person, right? It's not because they're, they, they're not a good person or they're not able to. It's because it's hard transforming your life. It's hard. Like it's hard, like changing everything about your life and going in a new direction or building a, a business. Like, they, I mean, these things are tough. So it's about in a loving way, in an authentic way, can you walk out the conversations where somebody can, can understand, look, I'm not being judged, but what I'm being, I'm being challenged. I'm being challenged to live up to my commitment, to have the integrity that I said I was going to have, to do what needs to be done so that I can walk the path of getting what I want. That's right. Right. And I think like that's the secret to it is um, it has to be done in that way. You got to have clarity around it. You have to have authenticity and care around it, not judgment. And then it's about helping somebody. It's not about like condemning somebody. I think like that's why people hate accountability is because they've always associated with like, Oh, well I'm going to be held accountable for what somebody else wants. And then if I, if I'm not able to do it, I'm a bad person. Right. But I had a conversation with somebody Sunday and this person never writes goals down. And we had a conversation and they said, I mean, immediately, like when they, when they started talking about writing goals down, they started just crying and they said, what if I write this goal down and I can't reach it, then I'm a failure. Right. And that, that comes from some sixth sense of accountability right? Six yeah. cents, right? Of accountability that they were told at some point, if you can't reach your goals, you're a bad person. You're a failure. Yeah. You're a failure. You know? And it's so, it's so counterintuitive. Like entrepreneurs out there fail, right? People, when you're making changes, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. You're going to get kicked in the teeth. 
Um, can you get back up and can you get on the path? Like that's what it's about and walking that out with people. Well, I think too is, and I don't know if this is on purpose or not, but when I see number two says authentic relationships down to number four, uh, extreme accountability. You know, I've heard for years that, what is it, the old saying that without, uh, without a relationship, uh, accountability is harassment, right? So you can try to hold me accountable to something, but if I don't respect you, I don't trust you, and we have no relationship, that's going to come across as harassment. But on the flip side, if I have extreme trust and respect in you and there's a relationship, you can go places with me that, you know, a lot of people can't go, right? And that's true accountability as well. I think it's, it's, it's a balance of care and candor. Yep. Right. And, and, and I think that that's exactly what you're saying. Cause I mean, look, if, if I'm all candor and I have no care for you, right. It's, it's going to be a terrible experience for you and for me. Very right? bad. Very yep. Top down. It's going to be very militant type feel. Right. So if I have on the flip side, if I have too much care with you and I'm not willing to have the candor and the tough conversations, then it's also going to be dysfunctional. So yep. there's this balance of care and, and candor, but you're absolutely right. I mean, if, if you don't know somebody and you don't know what's important to them, how can you help them win? Like, you know, that's right. probably the biggest thing when I work with, um, with teams today and I ask the, the owner, like we're talking to the CEO, I'm asking them, Hey, tell me about this person. And, you know, we start talking, I said, what's important to them? Like, what do they want working for you? You know, and they'll kind of sit there for a minute and they'll start talking and, you know, and, and some kind of have it, some don't. Right. And then at some point I'm going to ask a question. They're going to, they're going to say, well, I think they want this. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You think? Right. You think. That's the challenge here is you don't know. They haven't told you. You haven't had the conversations to ask them, what do you want and why is that important to you? Right. So if you haven't had that conversation, there's no way you can hold that person accountable. You'll never be able to get them to rise to the challenge. What'll, what more what it'll look like is you're going to beat them down along the path to the point where you're going to get out of business together or ruin the relationship. That's right. So let's talk about, um, I think we both have a passion around this one thing. I think as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, it's, it's very difficult because I've got things coming from every direction, right? Voicemails, emails, knocks on the door, whatever it may be. But how important is it for us to focus on just one thing? Man, that's a, that's a really great question. Um, and I think, the challenge here is that uh, you have to kind of look at the context of the question, right? Because one thing I've learned is that you have certain people just that kind of subscribe to the thought of, I can only really do one thing and focus on one thing, right? And so, but they think that that literally means like only one thing, right? So you got, and, and you may be talking about the book like by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan, like the one thing, they actually wrote a whole book about that. And Gary Keller is like an amazing example of somebody that's built, uh, become a billionaire and built an incredible company, right? The largest real estate company in the world. Right. And his whole thing is like focus on the one thing, right? But then on the flip side, you got a guy like Richard Branson that is like, hey, I've launched over 300 companies, like right. half of them failed. You know, the opposite of one thing. The, the yeah. opposite of one thing. So one thing that I, uh, that I do believe that you have to know is kind of like, what is the one thing for you and what's right for you? Right. Um, because... I think different people want different things right now when it comes to your job in the business, you need to be focused, right? So, um, and here's, here's kind of more of what I kind of think about it is that in every area you need to have like your one or two things that you're really kind of focusing on, right? So if you really break it out and say, if I look at this thing holistically, what is it that I really need to focus out? Cause it's, it's a, it's a thing about priority, right? I mean, when we talk about the one thing, it's not necessarily about, talking about one thing is talking about priority, 
right? Because you could be doing one thing and it's still not the most important thing that you should be doing. That's right. But the thought process and everything that I've been trained on is like, look, you really need to know what are the priorities of everything coming your way, right? So if it's emails and it's this and it's, it's um, you know, meetings and going out and doing sales or building business or hiring and training people and like whatever it is, you need to be, be able to prioritize and say that, hey, today, this is the most important thing that I need to work on. Yep. And I think like that's, if, if you can relate that down to like, hey, here's the one thing that I need to do, that if I do this one thing, it makes everything easier or unnecessary. If you can get that nailed, that's awesome. But I mean, what I find for a lot of people is that, you know, sometimes it's not just one thing. It's like, hey, I really need to do like all three of these things today, but I got 30 things calling my attention, right? And I think the big thing is, can you set aside two, three, four hours today to work on your top priority things right. that you've got to get done to move your life forward? And then the other thing in a business is it's, it's helping your key people also establishing, hey, what's most important for you and how can you win? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think I call it my focus 90 every morning. I got to do these three or four things every day. So my one thing would be focus 90, where I carve out 90 minutes with no interruptions, no technology, no nothing, where if I get these things done, I win the day versus waking up at the end of the day and like it's five o'clock, you're driving home and you're like, my gosh, you know, I, I guess I checked 300 emails and I did this, and, but I got nothing done, right? So my one thing may be focus 90, but if you could see right over there, there's six journals since August of 2005, right? That are full of dreams and goals and aspirations and bucket lists and all these things that I would also say my one thing is strategic think time. Yeah. Hour and a half minimally a week with no technology and just your journal. Some of my best ideas and thoughts have come from that one thing and that strategic think time, but yet nobody has the discipline to do it week in and week out. You know, Brett, that's so important. I mean, um, I don't know. I don't know if you know David Osborne or not, but he's he's obviously one of the founders, one of the authors here, and he's wrote uh, several other books. He's a he's a New York best-selling author. But one thing that David uh, has really drilled into my head over the last year is that the number one dollar, uh, most dollar productive activity that you can do is think. Hmm. And that's exactly what you're saying. Is that look, when I can get time to really shut off everything else and really think. There's something magical right. about it that happens, right? It, it helps me to, to tune into something beyond like all the busyness that's happening right now. And I think that's it's really important. Um, I think like another reason that's why reading is so important. Um, and I, I know a lot of people today love audiobooks, right? Well, the reason right. they like, love audiobooks is that because they can focus on doing something else while they're getting fed. But there's right. something powerful about having a book in your hand and that's the one thing that you're actually focusing on. And um, I listened to a podcast last year that really talked about the deficiency and focus in human beings and how really, I mean, such a huge majority of people, I mean, we're going to like the goldfish type, you know, attention span of like, we can't concentrate for like 10 seconds without right. needing stimulation from Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or like whatever it is. But, you know, we're in this, this world now that everything comes in micro doses. And because of that, we can't sit down and think through problems and complexity anymore. So if you can discipline your mind in reading and you can discipline your mind, like I love what you say, like, hey, 90 minutes, I just like shut everything down. Because what you'll find is if you're not used to doing that, that's really hard to do. Oh, yeah. Like you're, you're almost like twitching because you want to grab onto your phone or like turn. Right. Some, you, you want some sort of stimulation. So if you're there with even without writing, a, having a book to read or anything, 
it really takes discipline and it has to kind of rewire your thinking. And, but the cool thing is like, and, and as you know, from doing that, it's like, man, like once you kind of get in that zone and you start getting in the flow of oh, things, incredible. Like things happen in your mind. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I think what you just said, you're rewiring your brain too. I can't, I mean, I've had countless people tell me, well, my situation's different. You know, I got to do this in the morning and I have to respond to these emails and I got to do that. Eh, I don't buy it. Right. That's just your mind's thinking one way. But reality is you can actually do it. You, we become what we think about. And if you put barriers in the way, they're going to be there. If you take the barriers away, it's amazing how they go away, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think a big part of that, too, is um, it, it, it's maybe a little bit of lack of awareness. And then, again, not seeing past the limitations in our thinking, right? Because at, at one point, I was a, you know, a, a real estate agent. And that's kind of what led me to being a CEO of some really large brokerages. And I remember at a certain point I was working, you know, seven days a week. It was evenings, yeah. it was weekends. And I mean, I kind of just had this thought of like, oh my gosh, like I'm drowning in this place and I can't, I can't, I'm not spending time with my family and I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm working all the time. And there was this thought of like, look, if I actually had regular like office hours, like who would, I wouldn't succeed as a real estate agent. And what I, what I was able to learn through, you know, again, high level coaching, mentoring, and like, you know, really investing in people is that. I got to the point where, I mean, I worked nine to five, you know, Monday through Friday and I didn't work evenings. I didn't work weekends. And I mean, you know, we were selling over a hundred houses a year, you know, you know, kind of with me having that kind of work hours. Right. So, right. um, it, it, it is like you, when you realize that when I take time to pour into myself and then I'm sharp and I can then pour into the other people, I can accelerate everything in my life so much faster than when I'm out there running and running around. It's kind of like, you know, Abraham Lincoln says like, look, if I've got five hours to chop a tree, I'm spending the first hour sharpening the ax, right? right. But so many people are running around there with a dull ax and they're trying to make things happen and they're trying to have energy. And, and, and if you're not, if you're dull, there's no level of attraction, right? So we, I talk about like the word magnetism a lot and say like, look, if you truly want to create magnetism in your life, you have to be sharp. And the only way you get sharp is you have to pour into yourself, right? So right. when you have that magnetism and you're sharp, you attract people to you and then you can pour into them and you can help them become more magnetic, right? And that, I think like that's one thing I love about GoBundance is that, I mean, every time that I engage with like the, the, the we call it the GoBros, right? All the GoBundance guys, it's like I immediately come back sharper, right? And, and sometimes it's kind of like, look, you know, two weeks ago we we're in Atlanta and we just had like 10 guys got together at a lake house. We spent all day lake surfing, masterminding. We went to the Porsche experience the next day, raced Porsches. And, you know, just like two days, really intensive little trip. I came back and I was so much more focused. And the cool thing was on that trip, you know, we talked about how to increase the level of like romance with our wives, right? Because as, as busy entrepreneurs, we're all busy all the time. Like we put a lot of focus on our families. So, you know, when we were kind of ranking out things, we we're saying like, look, like family life is at like a nine right now. But like romance may be like at a six. So what are we going to do to be more purposeful about how we're showing up as husbands and how we're pouring into our wives and creating amazing uh, experiences with them? You know, and, and because of that, immediately I come home from a trip like that. I've got other good stuff like from business-wise and fun and all that kind of stuff. But I come back more committed to yeah. being a better husband, right? And I think like that's what happens when, when you're in environments where you get around people that challenge you, that think at high levels, that you know, cause you to just like take a pause and be like, wow, like, am I really showing up in the, in the way that I should be showing up? Right. Is there a, a, a better version of how I could be showing up? And, 
a lot of times if you're if you're just kind of let it go and you're not purposeful about who you're spending time with the the osmosis is just going to happen right right so the osmosis is going to happen and maybe it's kind of like you're not really aware like we 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 have a training where we go really deep into this and like really even plot out like explaining like the the rule of 5 and really start saying like hey who are those people out of your five people actually draw some circles and plot them out and ranking them from who are the people that are really above you pulling you up and who are the people that are actually pulling you down. Yeah. Right. So you can be aware of like, Hey, how do you, how do you navigate these kind of situations where you may have somebody that's really influencing you in a, in a, in a really harsh way, but even though they may be a family member or a friend or somebody that you love and how can you start being aware of that relationship and still yeah. love them and care for them, but not allow them to influence you any longer. Yeah. Yeah. We call them sales and anchors, man. We've all got them, right? The sales, the wind that's going to help you take off these people and you got the anchors that are holding you down and uh, we're, we're all guilty of it. Right. So uh, tell us a little bit about the book tribe of millionaires. If you're watching this, you can see it above your, I guess it'd be your right shoulder. Uh, and there's the book right there. You can find it. I'm assuming on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all that stuff. Yeah, you can get it on Amazon. You can also go to uh, tribeofmillionaires.com, and we've actually got a free book that we will actually give you the book for free if you just pay the shipping. So if you go to tribeofmillionaires.com. Free book right here. Yeah. So here's the thing that I love about the book. Um, I got to read the transcript probably about uh, four months before we released the book, and it was one of these things I love to read. So I'm always reading about three or four books, but I don't <laughs> love to read long periods of time, right? So most of the time when I'm reading, I'm like 20, 30-minute type reader, um, and usually I'm reading two or three books. And when I started reading this book, I read the whole book in five hours, right? So, because it, it, it's really written like in a parody, like it's, it's a beautiful story that kind of illustrates, um, you know, the character Ethan's journey of finding this tribe of millionaires through his father's legacy and really kind of connecting with, um, the six core principles of tribe of millionaires, right? So, mm -hmm. The book really goes through six important things and, and they call them effects in the book. So you've got the influence effect, which is your destiny is shaped by those around you. And that's really kind of like the rule of five that we're talking about, right? Is that, look, the people around you set the averages for your life. And if you're right. not aware of that, then, you know, it's kind of one of these success principles that's actually working against you, right? Um, the next effect is called the multiplier effect. And it's the right group of people compounds your efforts. And like, that's what I love. And I mean, this is probably something you experienced. Right, yeah. right? It's like when you get together with your five other guys and the six guys are, are sitting around, it's like the kind of things that you come up with and you talk about and you mastermind immediately. There's, there's a compound effect to that. It, it, it multiplies, you know, thought it multiplies ideas and mul multiplies actions and multiplies results. Right. So that's really cool. The, the next, the next effect is uh, the accountability effect. Right. And that talks about accountability is the world's most powerful force, right? Because ultimately, look, you can have all the ideas, you can have all the plans, you can have everything ready to go. But if you don't have the accountability to take the action right. on a continual basis, nothing happens. I mean, how many people, you know, they, they see an infomercial on TV and they're like, oh, I had the idea for that product or I should have launched right. that business or, you know, and yet somebody else actually had the accountability to do what needs to be be done so that's really the thing that that moves things forward right um the next effect is one that i really love and it's called the authenticity effect and that is that you will find your true self among those you truly trust it's true right so think about how truly authentic and vulnerable are you willing to be with with your friends right with the people that you work with 
And to the point where you can say like, hey, I'm, I'm a really flawed human being. And there's actually a lot of things I'm really bad at. Right. Right. I'm, I'm really good at a few things, but I'm really bad at a lot of things. So I really need you guys to help me. I want to be, you know, transparent that I'm struggling in this area of my life. I'm struggling in this area. Like here's, you know, we kind of start off by talking about, you know, mistakes, right? How, how willing are we to be to say like, look, here's how I'm really failing. And sometimes it's easy to talk about a past right. Right. It's, it's easy for me to talk about my business that failed 10 years ago. It's much harder for me to maybe be talking about an area that I'm failing in right now. Physically right now struggling with. Yeah. Right. Right. So I think like that's the thing is when you can realize that you, you really get around people, the right people that accept you for who you truly are and accept you for the journey that you're on, there's a deeper power that's found in that. And it's, it's something beautiful that transforms because then it truly allows the true you to come out and that's what's going to create the most powerful life for you. It's not being somebody else. It's not trying to be like somebody else. It's being yourself in the most powerful way. Oh, yeah. so I love that. Um, the next purpose is called the purpose effect. And that is that the right people reveal your richest source of power. And I think like that goes back to when you're around the right people, they challenge you in ways to where you can really understand what your true purpose in life is. Right? Because when, when you don't have awareness around this, when you don't time, take time to think about this, then you're out there just kind of floating along. You're trying to survive and you're trying to conquer, but you don't really know what's truly driving that. Right. And when you can connect with your deeper purpose, and a lot of times that's going to come from the conversations that you're having with people around you, it's a game changer in your life, right? Um, the last connection, the last effect here is the connection effect, and that's your life will be measured by the quality of your relationships. Yeah, that's something that's really beautiful is that you say, look, um, what is my life today without relationships? Right. And one, one thing I heard this earlier this year and it really challenged my thinking and it said, look, everything that you do in your life is centered around an interaction that you're hoping to have. So no matter what it is, if you're, if you're thinking about, you want to build that business, you want to you know, take that vacation, you want to buy that car, you want to, whatever it is, it's because doing that one thing is going to cause an interaction to happen that you're, that you're hoping and needing to happen. Right. And what that means is that interaction um, is going to be with another human being, right? And I think sometimes we kind of have this thing of like, oh, well, I want to have this to show everybody else like how cool I am or like what I have. And that's not really the, the interaction we're talking about. It's like, it's that authentic interaction with somebody that we truly are deep in a relationship with. Exactly what you said earlier about, you know, having that connection where we hold somebody accountable, knowing them, caring about them, right? Though the level of those interactions really drives the quality of our lives. And the, the more that we can understand that, um, you know, having those interactions are important, right? It's like, um, you know, I, I wasn't raised around like a lot of wealthy people, right? And I mean, coming, coming into the country as an immigrant at 14, um, I, I lived in a small farming community, man. Like there's right. not like a bunch of millionaire entrepreneurs right. running. Like, I mean, for the most part, people are like way under the average, you know, uh, medium income. So that was, you know, kind of what I was kind of raised in. And like even going to college, I went to like a D2 school, like, you know, kind of like a, uh, a school that there wasn't like a ton of like millionaire kids running around. Like it wasn't that environment. So I was never from that. And yet I always had this kind of picture of like, oh, well, really wealthy, successful people, man, they must just think that they're so much better than everybody else. And they, they, they just do things so differently. And what I learned is like in this journey of um, transforming my life and, and becoming more successful and, you know, uh, being involved in GoBundance and now being the CEO of it is that I, I spend a great amount of time today with like millionaires that are very successful. And 
it's so such an amazing connection, right? Because the thing is, there's conversations about money, but it's not about money. It's about what the money can do. Right. right. And a lot of times it's about like, Hey, how's your health? How's your relationships? Hey, what's your level of contribution? Like we, we hold each other accountable to that. Right. How are you connecting? How are you adding value to other people? And it's such a beautiful, authentic conversation that I never in a million years would have thought that that's what these kind of people talk about. Right. But I think so many people in this tribe have gone through similar journeys than I have. Right. The majority of the people that, that really didn't come from much and that have really put in the time and effort and energy to, become successful so it's, it's just a whole different conversation around like supporting each other well it's awesome so go check it out at tribe of millionaires.com uh get your book you pay for shipping the book is free uh again the six things that i guess you guys talk about which is phenomenal is age defying health this is through go abundance uh, but age defying health authentic relationships bucket list adventures extreme accountability genuine contribution and horizontal or passive income Dirk Van Reenen, it's been awesome being with you. Where do our listeners find more of you, man? <laughs> I'm a little bit off of uh, the grid these days because I'm so focused on what I'm doing, but uh, I'm on Facebook. Um, also, um, on Instagram, Dirk Van Reenen. Um, you can learn more about me either on GoBundance.com or BirdFlow.com. Um, but yeah, I appreciate awesome, that, man. man. Well, great being with you, and thanks for your time today. Brett, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.